Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We would love to connect with you today for listening to our podcast. Please fill out a connect card on our website at c3naz.net. You can also support the ministries of Cross Community by giving online on our website. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. Before we dive into our series, I'm excited to continue our series above and beyond. We'll, we'll get into that in just a second. But I wanted to take a moment because some of you, whether you're here or whether you're watching us online, this is, you know, you've joined us within the last year. And there's this little tradition that we've been doing, at least since I've been your pastor, called Rebel Sunday. And that will be next Sunday, March 12th. 2023. It's that dreaded day where you're supposed to come to church tired and exhausted because we sprung forward and you lost an hour of sleep. And we decided 14 years ago, we were not going to go with those imperial overlords in Washington, D.C. who have made us lose sleep and be sleepy for worship. And so we have been in rebellion. And every year on this date, we rebel and we do not spring forwards. We stay on the old time and we come to church rested. Does that sound like a good plan? I I mean, this this is win-win because if you spring forward or you forget to, and you forget that we're in rebellion, then you show up early and you can go to Sunday school and try out one of our incredible small groups. Then you would be here ready and you're ready for worship. You'll be right on time. And when we finish, All the restaurants are cleared out because everybody else didn't rebel like we cool people did. And the restaurants are empty. I mean, this is win all the way around, isn't it? So good. And then at the end of our service, we join and we spring forward. Now, the good news is, we, our rebellion may have created a a movement. (laughs) And there's a chance that this could be our last one. I know this is hard to believe, but there was a bill put forward in Congress that we would spring forward and that'll be it. And that would be good. We'll celebrate when that happens. Trust me, we will celebrate. But it stalled in Congress and now it's being reintroduced. I know that surprises you. So if if you're really passionate about this, call your representative. Tell them to get it done. All right. This could be our last one, but we're still going to do it. We will rebel as long as they try and take our sleep away. So next week, if you if you feel like you're a rule follower and you have to spring forward, then our small groups are from 11 to 12 and our worship service is from 12 to 1. But if you're in rebellion, just don't don't step don't go forward. Come at the old time, all right? We're going to have fun together. That'll be great. Let's jump into our Above and Beyond series. Uh, This has been a fun series so far. We're one week in. This is our second week. And uh, what we're doing is we're looking at this theme verse. Now, today we won't be in our theme verse, but I still want us to say it. I would encourage you over this season of Lent to maybe try to memorize this verse. I think it is a very helpful verse. And so today, let's say this verse together. It's on the screen, and let's just read out loud together. I think we need to declare this today. Ready? One, two, three. Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, 
according to His power that is at work within us. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Alright, we were battling it out, me and Addie back there. It's alright. Alright, that's our theme verse. We're going to be looking at that throughout the season of Lent. And Lent, we have declared, we want God to show us as a season of growth. And growth stands for generosity, response, outreach, worship, training, and hospitality. There are six we, uh, six w- words there, and what do you know, Lent has six Sundays, so we'll be together through all of that time discussing each one of those. And all of these things, the thing that is that unifies them is all of these things require some form of letting go. We have, we have been saying you have to let go in order to grow, and for this growth to take place, each one of these things causes us to have to let go in some form or fashion. Now last week we looked at generosity and that was a great uh, fun time and I'm I'm excited because we decided we were going to go on an 18 month long generosity journey and this was our goal. Our goal was to, our goal still is, to raise $100,000 in 18 months. If you weren't able to be here last week, I highly recommend going back online and watching or listening to last week's sermon. I'm not going to unpack it all here, but I wanted to give you an update because we called you to to pray and to think about what God would call you, how God would call you to participate in this generosity journey. And I want you to know that our total pledge so far after one Sunday is $72,161. That's exciting. Come on, church. That's good. I believe we're going to reach that goal. I believe God is going to teach us something as we are generous with what He has blessed us with. If you weren't here last Sunday or you weren't ready to make a commitment last Sunday, you can still participate. We just want to let you know that pledge cards uh, or envelopes are at the Welcome Center. So pledge cards, if you're kind of tech savvy, you can scan a QR code and get things moving in that direction. Uh, or there are envelopes, if you're less tech savvy, we want everybody to pay up a be able to participate, and you can take one of those and just monthly uh, give what God lays on your heart to give. But this week, we're going to look at R, or response. And so, uh, I want us to, to know that to respond, or that, that word response, when we talk about that, is that we are called as a church, if we want to grow, to respond to the felt needs of others around us. Response means we are responding to the felt needs of others that are around us. We do this because Jesus did this in His ministry. And today, we're going to look at one instance where Jesus looked to the felt needs of others. So if you have your Bible, however you get your Bible, go ahead and open that to Mark chapter 6. And we're going to read verses 32 to 42. Now normally I read on my iPad, but I forgot it. And Bibles are written really tiny. You might think I I read on an iPad to be cool. I do not. I read on an iPad because I can make the letters bigger. 
So if you're like me, you can get that, or you can take out a book form and read along with us. And I'll let Addie do the slides here. But because this is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, would you stand in reverence and honor, if you are able, to the reading of the gospel? So they, that's the disciples and Jesus, went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them. Now I want you to know that that word compassion there, the root word of it is spelunknon. That means guts. Jesus didn't just go, aw, it's a large crowd here. They want to hear me talk. Jesus felt something deep in his guts. He was moved by what he saw. What does the scripture tell us? Because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. By this time, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already late. Send the people away so that they can go go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But Jesus answered, you, you all, literally it's it's a plural form of you, you all give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? He asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said, five five loaves and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven. He gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was 5,000. This is the word of God for the people of God, both here and online, and our response is, thanks be to God. You may be seated. As we look down through this, you you may already be able to, to make these points, but I want us to look at five things that we see in this passage when it comes to responding to the felt needs of others. And the first thing that Jesus says to His disciples, to those who follow Him, you and me, when you see a need, when that, that, that gut feeling of compassion strikes you, when you see that need, the first thing Jesus does is that He invites them to respond. He invites you to respond. He invites me to respond. He invites us to respond. Jesus is always inviting those who follow Him to respond to the felt needs of those around them. We see this when He just simply looks at them and says, You, you all, give them something to eat. I mean, are there any scarier words in all the Bible for us to look at hunger in our world today and hear Jesus' words in the back of our mind or ringing in our ears, you all 
give them something to eat. We can never forget as followers of Jesus that we are called to participate in meeting the needs of those that Jesus has placed right in front of us and sometimes to go specifically and especially to go to those who are not near us as a part of meeting the needs of others. Jesus' call to you and to me is always you give them something to eat. The second thing that Jesus does after he invites them to be a part of meeting the needs is that the disciples then name the impossible. Yes, they're all going to start with I today. The disciples then respond by naming the impossible. We see that at the end of the verse. Jesus has just said, you all give them something to eat. And they say to him, that would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? Now I want you to, I want you to relax here for just a moment. Because I think what's beautiful about this is while Jesus invites into a very difficult situation, the disciples, he, he doesn't scold them for naming the impossible. Jesus does not scold them for tallying up how much it's going to cost to, to bring in that much bread. He listens to them. He hears them. But the key question is for us today out of this is, do we, do you even bother to name the impossible in your prayers? When you see a great need in your community, in your workplace, in your family, in your world, and you're moved with compassion, and you maybe even hear Jesus' words inviting you to meet that need, for you all to give them something to eat, and you're instantly scared, do you name that? Do do you say to Jesus, but that's on the other side of the world. But, but I have I have kids. How am I supposed to do that? But do you name all the impossible things that get in the way? Do you bring that to Jesus in prayer? Or is it the nightmare that you avoid at all costs? <laughs> just like, instead of naming it, I'm just going to run from it. <laughs> I'm just not, not even going to talk about it. That's too scary. I don't even want to think about it. I'm... You're probably worried that if you start naming it, Jesus is going to show you how he's going to be faithful in that. So do you name the impossible in your prayers? Do you just bring that to the Lord? I'm scared. This doesn't make sense. I don't see how I could move and be a part of this. I don't know where I'm going to get food from. It's okay to name the impossible. You bring it to Jesus. Don't let it be the nightmare that you avoid at all costs. Because nightmares lead to ignoring the needs. But naming it leads to instructions for the need. You may want to write that down. Nightmares lead to ignoring the need. But naming leads to instructions for the need. We're going to see that because Jesus moves right into that. Church, I'm afraid that for us in our day and age, in one of the richest nations in the history of the world, we spend more time running from the nightmares, which means we ignore the need, 
than naming the impossible that we see Jesus calling us into and waiting for his instructions. I I pray that Cross Community Church becomes a church that begins to name the impossible and waits for the instructions. You see, they named it, and then Jesus moves on. And the first instruction that he gives them is to tell them to take inventory. Well, how many loaves do you have? He said, go and see. And they came back and said, five. For a multitude of 5,000. Okay. All right. At least 5,000. They just said 5,000 men. There were most likely women and children as well. So a lot more. Oh, and we had two fish. Bonus. Two whole fish. Jesus wants them to look and see what they have available right then and there in front of them. When the nightmare comes and when you're naming the impossible, have you ever wondered if Jesus is calling you to look at what you have right in front of you? And then are you willing to surrender your inventory? However small you think it may be, are you willing to surrender your inventory to Jesus? You see, that's the call of the church. We're called to hear His voice inviting us to meet the need. And then we are in response able to declare or to name the impossible in there. And as we wait for instruction, maybe the first thing that Jesus is going to call us to do is, what do you have? What do you have right there in front of you? And it's okay to name, well, this is all I have. I just have this little bit. For some of us, it might be all I have is just that feeling in my gut that something is wrong and I want to be a part of making it right. It's a good place to start. We're called to take inventory of what we have available. Next, Jesus then does provide instruction. He doesn't just say, okay, well, five loaves, two fish, go figure it out. No, he, he tells them right away, well, this seems impossible, it's giant. Let's move it into smaller sizes. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. <laughs> right? He breaks it up. Let's not think about all at once. Let's, let's just get him into divided up. And then your surrendered inventory will be mine. Jesus directed them to have them all, the people, sit down in groups on the green grass. So it's okay to name the impossible as long as you are willing and willing to follow the instructions. Thankfully, the disciples did. They moved them all into the groups of hundreds and fifties on the green grass. But the question remains for us today. If we're called, invited into meeting the need... And we're declaring what we seem to see to be impossible. Are we willing to take inventory and then follow whatever instructions Jesus gives us? Because we might just be surprised with what Jesus does as we follow his instructions. Because what happens then is that Jesus gives them infinite 
resources. Now you can read the rest of it. This is the part we're very familiar with. He sits down, he prays, and he begins breaking and breaking and breaking and distributing and distributing and distributing and giving and giving and giving. And it doesn't just say that everybody got one little taste of bread and fish. It says that they all, 5,000 men, including all the women and children who might have been with them, ate until they were satisfied. That's full. Like, like, have you, you remember Thanksgiving? It's coming up in a, you know, at the end of this year. You push back from the table and you've got your eating pants on and they're to the brim and they're stretched and you feel like you wish you could unzip and just let, you know, just let some of the pressure out. It's eating till you're full. You're satisfied. There's no more room. Jesus looked at a great crowd and when the disciples were honest and named the impossible but listened for His instructions and they named their inventory and surrendered it to Him and then followed His instructions, Jesus gave them everything they needed to be fully satisfied and they picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. This story is to call us today into what are we called to? Jesus invites us, listen to this, because I just think this is, is amazing. Jesus invites us into the impossible so that you, so that I, so that we can experience His ability to do more, abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine. Do you think for one second that any of those disciples who gave him five loaves and two bonus fish thought that all that multitude would be filled to satisfied with 12 baskets left over? No way. No way. But Jesus invited them into the impossible so that they could experience His ability to do abundantly more than they could ask or imagine. And then what do you think happened? Then it increases our imagination. And Jesus keeps moving beyond that and meeting that need more than we could ask or imagine. Folks, we're invited into this meeting of needs, into responding to needs so that Jesus can grow your faith, not just the ones who are eating a good meal. Because as we respond, it increases our imagination that He continues to meet those needs. Now this isn't your imagination for a lot of money or a new car. That's a different kind of message. This is when you are responding out of deep compassion for a need in the world or a need that is right around you. When you're invited, follow that invitation. Oh, name the impossible, but then be ready to take inventory, follow his instructions, and see how he provides infinite resources to meet your need. And to meet the need that you are viewing and participating in. And let it expand your imagination for what Jesus is able to do when his church rises up and dares to feel the compassion deep in their guts for the needs of the world. That's good news for us today. 
And I want you to know, I want to declare today that responding to the needs of others didn't end when Jesus ascended into heaven. The new church, the young church in Acts, they were all about this. They continued to respond to the needs of those around them. It was one of the things that gave them great blessing in the city. People looked and saw, this is a good thing that's happening as these needs were being met. And daily, day by day, God added more and more to their numbers. Because they saw something good going on. Church, it's time for us to get back to responding to the needs of others. The church is, the world is waiting for a church who does that. And I'm afraid nowadays, instead of the church making communities healthier so the community can say, hey, look, that's great. What we do is we take up prime real estate, pay no taxes, and only show up to city government when we're upset about something. Let's not be that church. Let's be the church that dares to let the needs of the world impact us to where we feel it in our guts like Jesus did. Let Him invite us into it. Let's enter into a relationship where we tell Him what the impossible is. And then let Him take inventory and surrender it to Him and let Him give us instruction and, and let our imaginations be blown wide open as He provides His infinite resources to help meet needs. That sounds like an exciting church to be a part of. Don't you think? So why does response matter? Well, one, Jesus tells us to. That should be enough, full stop. <laughs> we claim to be Christians, right? Followers of Jesus. He's the Lord and the Master. We are the servant and we say yes. Yes, I will. But we also do this just like last week because we, we saw last week that we serve a God who is generous. This week, Jesus shows us that we serve a God who responds to people's needs. I need to hear this. Because this God responds to people's needs through us now. And through you. And through me. And we're called to allow that to impact our very lives. You have been called to show the responding God to your world. Right where you are. Right where you work. Right where you go to school. Right in your home. Right in your neighborhood. Where are you looking to meet needs where you are? Now the responding to needs reminds us also of a few things. I want to go through these very quickly. First of all, responding to others' needs reminds me about my need being met by Jesus. I don't know about you, but I didn't come to Jesus as a saint with no needs. I came to Jesus in desperate need. I came to Jesus with a sickness that I could not heal with any medicine. I came to Jesus in dire need of salvation, of healing, of redemption, of forgiveness. And responding to someone else's need reminds me or should remind me of my own need. 
that Jesus met. And I testify, he met it and continues to meet it day after day after day after day. It reminds us of our needs. It also reminds me of that my eyes need to be open daily to needs. This isn't just a one-time thing. This isn't just a mission trip thing. Mission trips are great. They're wonderful. But we have needs right here in our community. You have needs right in your neighborhood. Where can you do it? It can be simple. After the ice storm, Jackson and I had a neighbor who had branches that she couldn't get out, but, but two young men could. Well, one old man and one young man. We met a need. It's simple. We're called to see that we need our eyes open daily to the need. And lastly, we need to remember that we need His power in order to respond to the needs of others. In order for us to have that response, we need His power. And He is more than able to do that. I want to celebrate just a little bit today as we go through because this, our church, Cross Community Church, the church you're watching online or the church that you're involved in here, we do respond to the needs right now. And we have a few ways that we do that. And I want us, I want us to look at that. One of those is our, is our food pantry. You hear me talking about it here and there. That's led by Joyce Lage. And, uh, I just want to give you some ideas. We had struggles when the power went out and all of that. And we had a challenge for our youth group to bring in some food. And man, look what, how they responded like that was so cool they saw the need they went to their pantries they brought it in and now it's restocked and ready and open for business and then god blessed us even more because on monday somebody brought a whole nother grocery cart full of food and it's there this is one of the ways that this church is responding to the needs in our community we have faith with feet the guys got to get together every third Saturday and just do something. Sometimes they're doing things that are needed here on the church campus and building. Sometimes they're going out. Uh, they're, they're meeting the needs of some of the folks who are, are shut in or some of our folks. Uh, some, we're building some new relationships with a trailer park here in Portage and just trying to go out. It's a way to just begin to meet needs and to meet others. And they want to expand that because some of the ladies were saying, well, we want to do that too. And good. I want that to happen. We want to begin to see our faith have feet out into our community. It's another way that we respond. We also have our meal train. I've already talked about that. My family has benefited from it. And Deidre gets all of that set up in the computer program. But then you guys sign up and do it. And it's amazing. It's a great way to respond to a need in our community. We have grief share. Paul and Darlene who out of their own grief saw this as a great need for our community. And every time that sign goes up out there, we have people who drive by and call in. Can I be a part of that? I just lost my mom, my dad, my coworker, my brother. Yes, yes, come, be a part of that. We also have divorce care, and Laura Jennings leads that. I know Pat Felton and Ray Jenkins have been a part of that as well in helping and leading that. You know, divorce is a deep grief. And somehow they heard Jesus saying, You, 
give them something to eat. And it's a part of it. It's wonderful. It's a great way that we're meeting needs. Our students, student ministry serve nights. Julie Jenkins and the C3 NAS students go downtown and they, you know, wintertime, they hand out hot chocolate, gloves, hats. They find places to serve. That's, rem- that's meeting the needs of our community. Adopt Haverhill. We have our Haverhill Elementary School not too far from here. And we do things like this with Socktober. And we get socks for them because kids come in and they've had holes in their boots. And there's nothing that distracts you more than wet socks. Amen? And so they have a clean pair of socks that are dry for them to make it through the day. And and we help meet that need and make part of that. Then we have our Lotus 516 group that was started by teenagers. Kaylin and Emma just had, a, had an idea of what can we do to get this going. And we gave backpacks out uh, this fall. And then, then Thanksgiving dinner came around. And look at that. I mean, we just gave. And they, they looked, and this is an incredible need. 25 complete Thanksgiving meals. We're teenagers, but we can organize. We can give time. We can ask people to give. And you gave, and they did. And boom, all of that happened. Because they were invited and they heard Jesus say, you give them something to eat. We are called to be a generous church. And we're called to be a responsive church. And that's what this message tells us. So these are eight that I gave to you. But I just want you to know, this list can grow. It's okay as God deals with your imagination. You can become a part of this. Will you dare to imagine beyond the impossible of what God can do with His infinite resources? Will you join a response team? These things are are being led, yes, but there's always room for help. From any of these that, that I have listed today, there is need for help. If you want to join, you can sign up today. All you need to do is fill out on your Connect card before you put it in there that I want to help. I'm interested in the food pantry. I'm I'm interested in helping in whatever way. Or I have this other idea and we'll look at that and see how that's possible for us or how you could lead that. It would be exciting. You can do that. Fill that out on your Connect card or your digital Connect card. Let us know what God is saying when He says to you, you give them something to eat. You can also email Deidre at info.c3naz at gmail.com. We want to know what God is imagining through you as we are called to be a church that responds. Just start, folks, with what is right in front of you. I want to close by telling you the story of Austin Goodwine. This story has just impacted me in so many ways. He was a nine-year-old boy, and he saw a video about kids in Africa who were losing their parents because of AIDS. And it broke his heart. Somehow he saw and felt like Jesus felt when he saw the great crowd. He had that compassion in his guts. That's something wrong, but what am I supposed to do? I'm just a kid from Indiana. I'm nine years old. I can't go to Africa and help some kids. But he took inventory and surrendered it to Jesus. And he said, I'm just going to... 
do what I'm going to call hoops for hope. And I'm going to shoot free throws and try and raise money. And on that first one, all he did was raise $3,000 as a nine-year-old. Well, word got around and it began to get out to others. And the next year, there were 40 different sites that began to participate and they raised $2.5 million. And they have begun to build wells that bring in kids. And around those wells, they're building schools which are impacting and building places for kids who have lost their parents. All because one nine-year-old boy dared to feel compassion and then hear his Lord say, you give them something to eat. And although he declared what was impossible, he let God take inventory of what he had. He surrendered it to him and he began to listen to the instructions and saw the infinite resources of God that still goes out into the world today through Hoops for Hope. So if God can do that for Austin, what is God going to call you to do? Do you hear the voice of Jesus? He's still saying it, church. You all give them something to eat. You all give them something to eat. Would you stand for prayer? Jesus, may your words to your disciples thousands of years ago roll down through history to our ears and our hearts today. And may we just respond to your call to give them something to eat. Open our eyes and our ears to the need. Help us to know it's okay to declare the impossible. And to wait for you to instruct us to take inventory and follow your directions. Over this next year, God, may we become a church that has our imagination blown away by your infinite resources to help feed people in whatever way you call us to do that. Let us not just be a church that takes up real estate, but help us to be a church that looks and responds to the needs of others. I believe you're calling us and I trust fully our verse that dares us to declare that you are the one who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. And as we leave here, we declare that we want your glory to be to your name and to the church throughout all generations. Inspire us to go. Inspire us to see. 
inspire us to respond. For we pray and ask all of these things in your name, Lord Jesus, and all God's people declared, Amen. Amen. Would you receive this blessing? And now, may you, my brothers and sisters, go out with open hearts and open eyes, open ears, ready to see the need, ready to hear our Lord saying, you give them something to eat. It's okay to declare the impossible, but wait for His instructions. And I pray that you will see His infinite resource Expand your imagination for what He can do. I pray all of these things in the name of the Father who is for us, in the name of the Son who is with us, and in the name of the Holy Spirit who is in us. One God, forever and ever. Amen. Go in His name. Go in His peace and compassion. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us online. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week.